0: Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And today we are discussing the 2018 documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? The documentary that chronicles the life and work of television's Fred Rogers.
1: Or Mr. Rogers, as most of us know him. Uh, The director of Won't You Be My Neighbor is Morgan Neville, who also directed the award-winning 20 Feet from Stardom, and said that his subject was deeper than the two-dimensional figure we all thought
0: we knew. And because this doc is only playing in theaters in limited engagement, we are sans guest. And now, here's us. Here's us. Hi, George. Hi, Paco. Hi. Um, so, won't you be my neighbor? First? Nope, I won't. I no, won't. You won't. I live in L.A. You live far away from me. If I'm not you moving were... to Glendale. <laughs> don't move to Glendale. Actually, I might. We might move to Glendale. Really? It's, it's more affordable. I don't know. It is more affordable. It's hot. It's boring. But it is affordable. Um, how long, When did you see this, Doc? Like... Uh, over the, uh, maybe Friday? Yeah, just
1: over the weekend, it's showing the Los Feliz 3. Um, mm-hmm. you saw the trailers a while ago. I think it may be one of the Lemleys. And, uh, I was pretty neutral on this, I gotta say. I, I, I feel like everyone's <laughs> been like, y- you're gonna cry the whole time. I'm like, right? am I a monster? Yes. Because I First was of all, not. Yes. Yeah, for- we know that I'm a monster. I didn't know what type of monster I was, right? But I some type th- of
0: some kind of monster, some kind of monster.
1: Yeah, um, I. I mean, I thought it was well done, but I don't think it really. I kind of found myself asking a lot of questions, kind of like why? Why is this happening right now?
0: Got it. Why so is this the it, subject right now? You saw it last Friday. I saw it last Thursday. So we saw it basically at the same time. Mm-hmm. I saw it the Embarcadero Cinema um, here in San Francisco with the. Wonderful, relaxing, and reclining leather chairs, which I didn't know they had. Please sponsor us, Embarcadero. They should. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, the the Embarcadero
1: theaters are very nice. They made they got an alcohol bar now. That's what <laughs> you, you call it, right? An for. alcohol bar. Yeah,
0: that's what they call it for those drinkers. Yeah, for you for you drinkers. Yeah, they have like individual leather reclining. Chairs, lazy boys. It's awesome.
1: Well, hey, the Los Feliz Three is nothing to sniff at either. They've I'm got sure. uh,
0: buttery, buttery
1: popcorn and uh, employees with ponytails. So, oh,
0: oh named Griffin
1: and Dakota. More, most likely, most likely, yeah. uh, it is our favorite local theater. Um, that there yeah. is also. Have you been? You've been in the Vista Theater. Yes. Um, the, the manager of the Vista always dresses up like characters from the films. Like he'll, he would dress up as like a stormtrooper or whatever. Uh, They were not showing this there, but I would
0: like to imagine that he was there with the red card again. That would be awesome. Just changing his shoes Mm -hmm. while people are trying to give him tickets. Mm -hmm. This, yes. Um, So you were saying that you weren't particularly moved by this documentary. I I
1: feel like I did not have the gut reaction that I think... Would maybe have been more. I think. Okay, the nostalgia aspect of it, I think, is what's hitting like people of certain generations. And I think the, you can only react to this film kind of depending on what generation you came up in. That's my feeling about it. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I mean, and I, I, maybe. Let mm-hmm. me submit. Maybe it's just that when you heard people left crying multiple times, you were a little like, okay, I'm going to go in a little guarded, perhaps.
1: Yeah. I'm like that way about hereditary. I'm like, I'm like right. afraid of that shit, but, um, that right, is, right, right, right. Maybe I did go in like being like,
0: I, I didn't, but I didn't go in like stealing myself for like to not have an emotional experience. <laughs> right. Cause I did a little bit. I, a past guest and comedian and friend of the pod, uh, drew Harmon Went to see it, and he said he cried like four or five times. And he's a hardy Michigander from the Midwest. Like I don't mm-hmm. think he's e- as easily moved. So I went in a little bit like. I also went on a date to it. So and what? In the afternoon. This was
1: a, your date film. This was this my date, date film. film. Okay, this was a date film. That's an interesting
0: yeah. move. That is an interesting move.
1: I don't know. What you're <laughs> trying to. I'm
0: train. trying to be more vulnerable.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I think that's good. I think that's what this film is about. And I do. I do feel like I like. <laughs> The attempt for those things,
0: yeah. Thank you, but she, yeah. she, I okay. I, I'll, t- I'll give you the. And yeah. So explain the date st- now. Are you
1: are gonna just right. now we now this is
0: called sub date where we review sub- Paco's dates. date sub Tinder, um sub girl. Wait, you uh, you don't take a Tinder date to see? Won't you be my neighbor? Do you? That's okay. She was maybe, not you a, maybe you did. Maybe you did. Okay. S- not, no, I didn't. She was not a Tinder date, but the Match. dot com kind of situation. What, what's our game plan here? only? Are we going to assume people have seen it, the yeah. stock? Okay, so. By the time this comes
1: out, I believe that a lot of people who are interested in seeing it will have seen it. And then I don't think there's anything you can spoil about a guy who died. Spoiler. He died. 15, 15 um, years ago. It's not about his death at all, but I mean, I don't think there's a
0: lot to spoil. No, there's not a lot to spoil because, so the only part I openly wept during was the Coco part when Coco was like, I oh, love God. you. Thank you okay. for coming.
1: That was that that did get to me a little. I did yeah, get to see? that. you not I,
0: all made of stone. No,
1: no, I've cried at films before. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say I don't cry at films. I'm definitely open to crying at films. It's also Coco I think had just died also she, herself. She did. She, yeah, she died like, like 2 weeks that, ago. Yeah, like within a couple of weeks of seeing this. So,
0: yeah. Wow. Um so, so let's let's start from you good, great, indifferent, bad doc, what do you what do you think coming out of this?
1: Um, I will not, I would of course say that it's well done. I think it's a well done documentary. They did. I was reading an interview where Morgan Neville said they kind of rushed it. Um, I just find myself kind of questioning the purpose of this because I feel like it's been framed in this way and maybe it's just like all the, all the dialogue about the film. It's framed in this way of like, this is what the world needs now. Like, the world needs, like, kindness and civility. And I'm like, I don't know that, let's say, Fred Rogers is still around that, like, I don't know how he could exist in the world that we have. Maybe that is part of the point of it. It's like, our world is so different now, and it's so uh, contentious, and there's, like, school shootings and stuff, and we're cynical people. And it's like, what is the point of then... Being like, here is someone who wasn't cynical. I'm like, great. They're not around, and they couldn't exist <laughs> in this right. format today. Like, awesome. There is like two or three arguments that I think I have issues with with the film, <clears> and so <throat> I think <throat> I'm like, I'm like, it was a well-made film, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did a good job, but I think I have issues with like sort of like basic premises
0: of the film. So, well, let, yeah. let me ask you this then: Do you think Mister Rogers would have the influence today if he w- if the show was starting today? Would it have the same effect and influence?
1: Okay, so then like we're dealing with completely different media landscapes. It's like what would be like the Instagram stories equivalent of Mister Rogers? What would be like there? You couldn't have it be like, hey, let's watch thirty seconds expire. Let's watch a clock for thirty seconds. <laughs> it would be like zero eight likes, seconds all thumbs down. Like, and there is like so. There's sort of like these uh, correlations between like this idea of. I, and and maybe I am bringing my own baggage to it. We're all bringing our own baggage to it. I think whatever your child, it, it really delves into like childhood, right? If you lo- like have a lot of nostalgia about your childhood, maybe you're like, oh, this was great and I wish it could go back there. If you don't have that feeling about your childhood and you don't associate that with Mr. Ro- with Mr. Rogers, I mean like, uh, I don't know. Like someone who grew up without really watching this stuff. It might be totally an alien, different experience for them to watch it. It yeah. was for me like a background when I was growing up, but not like a background that I engaged in, you know, like right. it was like when they would show like the antithesis of Mr. Rogers, it'd be like smash cuts of like slime falling on people's heads or like G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe or Transformers. I'm like, yeah, that stuff was entertaining. I liked yeah, that it stuff. Great. And then this would come on. I'm like, oh, this Bore is town. so dreary. And like these, this is so, I understood production value at a very young age. Like This is low production Mm -hmm. value. And okay, so I maybe not of the, maybe I'd never matured to the point. Maybe you have to have had kids as someone who grew up in the seventies and eighties and then now have kids to be like, I appreciate what he was trying to do. Right. But as someone who is still in the framework of like I want to be entertained, I am the child that wants the fast cut explosions. I you know don't have the same response to it.
0: Yeah, well th- I pretty much have the exact same feeling about it. I grew up watching begrudgingly mr rogers and mr rogers neighborhood it was always a little too slow a little too boring a little too focused to toddlers and then the creepy like uh kingdom thing oh that they i never liked to. king friday
1: i never liked that that the make-believe land the, yeah
0: no it creeped me out and there was that one particular witch character with the rosy nose and cheeks that really freaked me out i really disliked that
1: they didn't talk about the witch did they I don't think the witch came up in this
0: too much. No, oh, his it's
1: sister. It's his sister, right? Yeah. That's slightly. right. Rightly.
0: Yeah. It was yeah. kind of apparently modeled after his sister, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but there was like I, I mean, I feel like it, it was very comprehensive. Um there was a they got a lot of great interviews um for this there's obviously people that r- really loved mr rogers uh fred rogers my favorite i think my favorite part as long with along the same lines as production was all the behind the scene stuff where they talked to yeah. the cameramen and the writers and those kind of people
1: yeah that stuff was fun that was almost like hey this is like oh this happened the same time like the muppet show happened like it's like that kind of uh there's just a bunch of random ass hippies like hanging out And they're just like, we want to work in TV and we're just going to work on this weird puppet show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also the genesis of the show is pretty interesting, too. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't realize that he was, you know, going to go to the seminary. I I thought he already had Mm -hmm. um, and that he was wasn't into like the violent nature of TV shows and kids stuff, you know, and was like, you know, I want I want to teach the kids that it's okay. to not hurt each other, to be smart and to be special and to be sensitive, which I think is an awesome teaching.
1: Right. And I think those are good abstract, abstract. (laughs) I I guess they are abstract now. They're not like pragmatic things now. They seem abstract, but maybe you can also fill me in on something that I would. Do you know what the Presbyterians are? In relation to other things, I don't know too much about what the Presbyterians.
0: Well, they're kind of like, like Methodists. They're like Catholic light. Okay, you know, they're like the Episcopalians. Um, I, I, I don't know. Never went to, of all the churches I went to, I never went to a Presbyterian church. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that women can be pastors. I think they can marry. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He
1: obviously was married and had kids, and he was uh, ordained. So even though he wasn't doing. Like he wasn't like a Sunday dude. He was an ordained minister. Right. So.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, it's also like there's some, some real cool highlights in this, especially when he went in front of the Senate committee to talk about funding for PBS. Yeah. And you, I don't, I unfortunately can't remember the senator's name. I don't have my notes, but, um, you know, you have this hard scrabbled senator from, I think, New York who is like, I am not going to give PBS $20 million unless mm-hmm. you can fucking convince me. Mm-hmm. And then you see many people trying to convince this senator, and then Mr. Rogers gets his chance. Yeah. And just Mr. Rogers him, you know, he's just like, it's just, it's a special thing and we yeah. just need to give kids love and be special.
1: I feel like this footage circulates every once in a while and for the last few years has been circulating. And actually I think that footage is what inspired Morgan Neville to make this. He, okay. He was, I think in one of the interviews he said he came across that footage and just wanted to kind of dive a little bit more into this character. Uh, right. From And yeah, I, that is, look, that's a great, I'm gr- glad PBS exists. All these mm-hmm. things are great. Um, here's where I'm gonna, I, I don't know. I feel like such a crank no, by critiquing it's,
0: this. It's fine to be honest in your feelings about hating Mr. Rogers and he oh, oh, stood this, for.
1: It's not hardly, hardly <laughs> that. I just think like you can take, uh, I think he's like someone you could take. Okay. So he was like, obviously like a Republican, but he was like this kind of old school Republican. Like I'd say like like
0: a Gerald Ford Republican who to this day would be a moderate Democrat. Well,
1: yeah, I guess things have just bifurcated so hard and been polarized so hard that um, this brand of a kind of Republican is like not there uh, in the culture. And to the point where people to the right of him yeah, you know, like I don't know if it was the Baptists, the Westboro Baptists, who like were protesting his oh, funeral, right? Yeah, um,
0: but I don't really say who it was, but you get, I the, assume get the that's feeling. who it
1: was. Who else was doing that then? I mean, in two thousand three, right. it probably was right. the ba- Westboro Baptists. Um, okay, so there's a couple things. Like, do you think that uh, media made Okay, there's obviously there should be media that's for kids and media that's for adults, right? That's like we can kind of we do agree on that in general in society. Like there's a reason there's PG, PG thirteen, R, and and right, Right. yeah. Yeah, Well, like yeah, or above R. Um, I think if you take this sort of. Logic that he had is like different models of like mass media or like even different models of like, I don't think any people talk about, you know, Benjamin Spock in terms of child raising in like 2018 anymore. I think a lot of these things have just changed. But sure. When there was only like three major networks, PBS is incredibly important. um, Having this sort of alternative to commercial uh, television for children was is important it still is important um but this idea that maybe like okay the same logic of like these oh this this quick cutting like transformers video or like something that seems pretty mellow in our mind now like nickelodeon whatever when the the slime goes on people's heads like right. that was like oh a clutch your pearls moment in contrast to Mr. Rogers then you think of like now you could take some of that logic and think like, okay, well, didn't Marilyn Manson cause Columbine? Like then you can kind of go to that extreme, right? And so, yeah, it's like I found that questionable in some ways.
0: Uh, I, I can I can get that. I, I feel like it also in okay, I, I could submit. And agree with you and say that it betrays Mr. Rogers thinking that kids are super intelligent beings, as intelligent as adults, and kids could handle slime and love young yeah. brother and sister at For the sure. same time. Yeah, you can do both of those
1: things. Yeah. It. Did you watch? Did you watch Nanette? Did you watch the Hannah Gadsby special? I haven't. No. Okay. I there's some stuff about this that's sort of like bringing up similar ideas about that. Uh, I was thinking that's just a new thought I'm having right now. And we have to have a whole separate discussion about Nanette, I guess. But I, I was also thinking about this film in relation to the Ruth Bader Ginsburg film, uh, the other documentary that like, it was a surprise hit that did way yeah. better at the box office than people expected. I think this is doing really, is really well at the box
0: office right now, I think, cause it cuts this broad swath of demographics I'd like to hear your opinion on RBG. I haven't seen it. And you said you saw it and you liked it.
1: I did like it. And I think they're similar in like, okay, here are these people that we don't appreciate enough. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're like fighting the good fight and we don't appreciate enough. Um, And that is kind of where I see the similarity kind of beginning and ending. I mean, obviously, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is still around now. uh, More important than ever that she hang on given right. what's going on with the Supreme court, yeah. uh, with Mr. Rogers. It's kind of like, again, I kind of, I'm thinking like, why, why now? Cause it's, you don't have, uh, that much first hand interview with him. You, you have some stuff with his family. You have like some, uh, writing that he did. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know that would be, do you think it needed, like, let's say he had started filming in, 2003 and it had just direct you know interviews with Mr. Rogers I don't know that that matters that much the guy seems to not have like a huge difference between his public persona and his private persona I think that (laughs) is the other mystery of him it's like is there a secret behind this guy I'm like nope no secret he is just what he appears to be
0: Yeah, I think if anything's a secret was that he was a little crabby, Mm -hmm. that he could be a little testy, that he was uh, multi-talented as far as a composer, piano player, producer, writer, editor, director, actor, you know, I mean, I don't, I didn't realize he had done all those things. I didn't realize that he composed the music. I also didn't fucking realize he did the voices to the puppets. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think I, I knew that either. I, I I thought that was pretty wild that he did the king and the queen. And then, you know, there were some touching moments when he's talking to Mr. Rogers' sons. And Mr. And one of them was like, you know, he would talk to us sometimes if he got mad at us as the king mm-hmm. in the king's voice, which was really weird. Did you, you pick know? up
1: on anything weird about the sons? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. There was seemed to be some weird tension in there. I don't know what it was. Um, I'm sure there's probably something online about... Um, about them but like i yeah what what did you catch i mean
1: there was the one that wore the baseball hat and had the beard and kind of looked like steve Agee, and i was kind of like (laughs) yeah i feel like there's some something going on with him where he seems like he feels like he did have to rebel against this character like and then i found a quote from people magazine in 1978 like there was like one of the son's was off to college and he kind of had to like live down. He's like, yeah, like it's crazy having kind of the second coming of Jesus Christ as your dad.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Jeez. It's that kind of like true.
1: being the child of the Obamas. It's like being Sasha or Malia or something like that. I can imagine. Yeah,
0: Well, I mean, a lot of those guys, one way to alienate or differentiate yourself from your dad, especially when your dad's the second coming of Christ is to do crazy ass things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either you go and you go in lockstep like the fucking, like Eric Trump or you try to be completely different, you know, which is probably what yeah. uh, this son, um, I think, is it James? There's a James?
1: there's a James and there's a
0: John. So uh, right. There's John no. and Jim.
1: Like the most basic, Fred, John, Jim, wife, Joanne. <laughs> yeah. You know, very not too creative on the names, which is uh, appropriate for the time. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think I was feeling a little bit of like, I don't know. I guess they handed all of the final cut over to Morgan Neville, so they kind of knew that it was going to just be up to the director, how, how everything came out. I got the sense that there was some rebellion going on. Um, but they both all, I mean, the family also, I think he came, Fred came from like a kind of a wealthy family. It doesn't delve too much into
0: that. No, not at all. Actually. That's when I I had two problems when I left that documentary screening and I was telling my friend who I was with, Cause she, she completely loved it, which, you know, I I actually really liked it too, but my big problems were a, um, we never hear from Lady Aberlin who's in it a lot. Mm -hmm. They never, I don't know if they talked to her or she refused to talk to them. She,
1: um, did some phone interviews with Morgan Neville, but she hadn't been on camera in so long that she was, she didn't really want to be on camera.
0: That's Hmm. what uh, I read.
1: Yeah. In maybe the article that you sent me or there was another article I found that was an interview with one of the sons also, but, um, hmm. yeah, I think it was just some like something I just Googled. It was like, uh, things you didn't know about the Mr. Rogers film.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I really wanted, um, I kept waiting to see her and hear her talk and like who, I mean, what an amazing person to hear from yeah. someone who was with him from the start basically. And mm-hmm. also one of the only females that seemed involved in the project. Yeah. Um, you know, Mister Rogers' neighbor it would be kind of nice to have heard from her, and also they kept mentioning that he was a rich kid, that he was Richie Rich, that he had yeah. not humble beginnings, that he came up rich. And it's like, well, what, what how, what happened? Was his dad a like fabric, you know, uh, king of Pittsburgh? Like,
1: yeah, uh, I f- I don't remember the the thing. I just remember reading this thing that they had a huge like six bedroom mansion in Pittsburgh, and he kind of. Felt, I think, guilty about it, or felt like he had to live down this thing, uh, of, of like coming from this background, and mm-hmm. I guess he ran everything as a nonprofit, so he wasn't—I don't even know what kind of salary he was getting off of it, but he was like very famous, also. So he had came from this wealthy background, went to these, you know, religious colleges, and then could take time off before he be get ordained to go work in television, right. Um, <clears throat> Would you say that
0: Mr. Rogers is an entertainer? Yeah, completely. Okay. 100%. 100%. Okay. I mean, act, sing, play the piano, compose, direct, edit, puppets. Yeah. I mean, completely. without a, In my mind, without even a question.
1: Right. I guess it's sort of like framed as that's not what his intention was. His intention was to be like this voice of childhood. And so... I guess that's where I also like didn't really think about it that deeply. Like what was he trying to do? Like what it was a great, it was like a ministry for him, right? It was like kind Mm -hmm. of a form of ministry and I did not view it as Great entertainment at the time. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: I mean, but it is like you're right.
1: He had all the product, he had all the skills, completely. and he was making content. He was a content creator. If you're asking, he like, was. what would Mr. Rogers be today? He'd be a guy explaining shit on BuzzFeed yes, with he a would. cardigan, putting yes. his shoes up, being like, okay, so let's talk about civility. You don't do you go up to crust Sarah Huckabee toast? Sanders when she's in a restaurant. You write her <laughs> a postcard, you slide it under her bill. Like that would yeah. be maybe like I don't know what it would be now. The world is like so
0: radically different in it's, some ways. It's complete. It's 180 degrees different now. And like who would own Mr. Rogers? Would it be the left? Would it be the right? And because we see snippets of the right on mm-hmm. Fox, they do show clips of them calling him evil. And right. You, you remember that part? Yeah, because
1: it, and it was like like saying that. He was responsible for our snowflake culture essentially was the logic. Even though he was a Republican. He everything he did is like old school Republican. When I think of like
0: that's Barry Goldwater Republicanism right there. I mean that's Gerald Ford Republicanism, which wasn't that fucking long ago. Yeah. Like pre-religious right that got their fucking talons into the Republican Party. Like, that's how Republicans used to be. Well, I guess. And it, then, yeah, Republicans
1: don't want to spend 20 million dollars on PBS. That's like the, probably <laughs> the number one part of it, actually, when you
0: think about it. Right. Sure. But the fact that they blame Gen Xers on being entitled because they grew up with Mr. Rogers, who's basically said you deserve to be loved and you are a special being is in, it's so insane that they would yeah. even try to take that. Um, that that view on well, him, and I I feel like that, that they kind of bring up that they kind of hurt him, right? That that mm-hmm. he he kind of later in his life he was hurt by that because he felt like people didn't quite understand what he was trying to do.
1: Well, I mean, how would you sum sum up what he was trying to do? Because I don't know that I could. i uh, I guess this kind of notion gets bandied about that like what he did was radical. It was radical niceness, or it was radical civility mm. or radical politeness i don't right. i don't know like this sort of like this notion of like he was really a badass and you didn't know it looking at him it was very <laughs> badass what he was doing right. that's sort of this
0: well, premise i think what 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 mr rogers was trying to do is like out of the 50s and 60s when when parents were like children should be should not should be seen and not heard, mm-hmm. you know children should not speak until they 're spoken to. children are not yet an adult until you turn eighteen they 're basically a property of your parents. I think that's tantamount to what he was trying to say is like none of that is right that kids are intelligent human beings that have emotions and feelings and thoughts, and that they should be heard and understood and talked to not as children but as like an actual thinking human being you mm-hmm. know with in- intellectual. Abilities. So I I, and I feel like that that has come about, you know, now Mm -hmm. I mean, there are there are teachings in Montessori schools and all that kind of stuff that embrace that thought now where you don't talk down to a kid. You talk to him as a as a thinking being, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of what he was trying to do, trying to Mm -hmm. get across.
1: Right. It's sort of positioned like he was him and like Spock and these other childhood people were like a new wave of like thinking about childhood.
0: Yeah. And they all went to the same school. I Mm -hmm. mean, didn't they all come out of the same, the same school and the same, like literally the same college?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I guess it was like, yeah, I guess it was something like that. Um, And I guess, I guess it is hard to view that now with the eyes of like the time before that and then like how radical that was at the moment. But I, I guess I just find it. Uh what I guess when I I was saying that I think it matters what generation you were when you look at this stuff like I do you identify more as a Gen X person or do you identify as like I guess what is our generation roughly Well we're
0: Gen Xers, baby.
1: Yeah, I I guess I feel like a little bit like I I identified with Gen X, but I was a little bit younger than Gen X. But, like, those are all the people that when I was, like, getting into stuff, those are the people I looked up to. And I feel like there is this sort of era there where Gen X is sort of associated with, like, negation, right? It's sort of like an anti-hero. That's, like, the first anti-hero things, I think. I mean, obviously, Baby Boomers had anti-heroes, but Gen X was set up in this, like, oppositional way. So I think of Gen X as being oppositional to Mr. Rogers' aesthetic. Yeah. At least aesthetically.
0: Well, look, who is who is the poster child of Gen X? Kurt Cobain. What, what did Kurt so. Cobain wear? Like, yes. he wore sweaters. Okay, okay. You I, know, like... I hear that. There's a mirror in there. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. That's interesting.
0: I hadn't thought about uh, it like that. I, I feel like probably Kurt Cobain was glued to Mr. Rogers growing up. And then also, uh, He-Man... And, um, the, what was the, not, you can't touch that. What was the TV show that had the, the uh, slime? You can't do that on television. Yeah. You can't do that on television and you know, everything we used to watch.
1: Right. And then like, I guess I view Mr. Rogers as a piece of an entire media diet that we had as kids. Right. And he was like the dry wheat cracker of that diet. <laughs> he was the rice cake of the media <laughs> diet when you were a kid. It's like. I guess this is kind of, That's you know funny. what? It's like, He is like the documentaries when you're a kid uh, of, of media, right? Like, so it's like, it's like I know it's good Mr. for Rogers me. The podcast? Well, it's like, yeah, it's like, I know it's supposed to be edifying in some way. Right. The difference is now documentaries are more entertaining than scripted right. fiction. But. Yes. Uh, well,
0: because they are also stylized, like Mr. Rogers wasn't stylized. He literally had an egg timer on camera for a minute and just sat there like. Yeah. I think he was all about slowing things down, appreciating, smell the roses, take your time, be thoughtful, think about things, you know, and Mm -hmm. and that's, I mean, MTV, the advent of MTV and there's quick editing, flashing style, like, negated that right out the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess if I think about, like, watching a minute go
1: by on television as, like, this is kind of like John Cage. This is like... Yeah, this is like avant-garde in a certain way, but it's like so not
0: at the that's same awesome. time. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Rogers as John Cage. That's a that's awesome. Oh, John Cage yeah.
1: does have a Mr. Rogersy vibe to him sometimes if you watch any videos of him
0: explaining things. It's very similar. Oh uh, yeah. That's that's hilarious. Who would be the Philip Glass of kids television? Oh man. King, I, Captain Kangaroo? Do you
1: watch any kids TV
0: now? Do you, have you watched no. kids
1: tv in the last i mean does it seem weird to when people do i mean adventure time i guess is really right. a lot of jokes for adults in it when i lived with like a little kid like my friends right. i lived with my friends who had a little kid and she would watch like caillou and i would just sometimes watch that with her i'm like this
0: kid is such a brat i don't know i cannot handle <laughs> caillou uh- well, they're sassy now. Like the kid heroes and in, in cartoons are sassy and sarcastic, mm-hmm. and the parents are kind of dumb and don't know what their kids up to. There's a lot of like, we'll just have dinner, and they're like, okay, off to solve this mystery, right? You know? Yeah. So I mean, there's there's that. I mean, when I, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, Mr. Rogers
1: to, was a, a, an adult on TV, yes. and it's like we did have like kids as protagonists and things, or there was like, you know. You know, like I would watch other shows where there was kids and they're kind of the protagonists, but like it just seemed weird to have this adult, like, just kind of like I guess he wasn't, it wasn't condescending, it just was like I couldn't really. I, I guess I'm bringing up a lot about my own childhood. Is what's coming. That's up.
0: That's fine. Well, that's I mean, that's what good documentaries do. They're reflective. That's why. That's why good documentaries or or documentaries that are made well mm-hmm. make you sit and reflect because they bring up stuff about yourself and your childhood and whatever you need to bring to it. I mean, that's that's active viewing, George. That's not passive viewing. Yeah.
1: Love is at the root of everything. All learning. All parenting all relationships, love or the lack of it, and what we see and hear on the screen is part of who we become. Well, there, there's uh, two other things that are interesting. I guess there is like a Mr. Rogers moment happening in our popular culture because there's like two films coming out based on Mr. Rogers. There's one with Tom Hanks, and it's directed oh, by course. Mariel Heller, right. uh, the sister of Emily Heller, a comedian. Right. Uh, she made that really good Diary of Teenage Girl a few yeah. years ago. Man, that's awesome. So she's doing that, and it's. <clears throat> uh, I was reading about that. It's not a biopic. She's saying it's not a biopic in the traditional sense of a biopic. Right. It's about, like, an, a journalist who goes and interviews Mr. Rogers in, like, 1998 or something. And, mm. like, he thinks it's going to be a puff piece, but then it changes his life. So, which mm. I guess is going to be coming off the tails of this documentary. Probably also why they rushed this documentary. I mean, he yeah. said they got this done in, like, a year and a half or something. Wow, Which is
0: crazy for the amount of footage they had to yeah. pull through. Yeah, that's super quick. And just getting all the interviews. I yeah. mean, yeah footage and interviews takes a long time yeah and then the other
1: bit of uh narrative fiction that is around mr rogers is this new showtime show have you heard about this one no it's called kidding it's actually michelle gondry and jim carrey jim carrey is a mr rogers type like a very famous uh television host but it seems to be in the in the vein of a lot of gondry stuff it's sort of like whimsical and like very dark dark right so it's going to be like the dark take on on mr rogers and i imagine the tom hanks take will be the very tom hanksian you know right americana
0: right. wholesome version sure that's it so, is it's kind of odd when I mean, it makes sense when you have the, our political climate that people would want to look back almost reactionary to mm-hmm. times that were simple and kind of quiet. And, you know, the 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 chief philosophy was love and you're like and and worth like you're you're mm-hmm. you're worth something and you're love no matter who you are and what you do versus now, which is just like divide, conquer. You suck. You're worthless if you're not with me, right. you know. Well, again, like I feel that's why I feel hesitant
1: to be critical at all of this because I feel like I am I criticizing the idea that people have intrinsic worth? No, No, I'm not. I'm not like going Ayn Rand on like, you know, like these snowflakes need to like, like toughen up or whatever. I'm just feeling like there's kind of a logic that you can extend from the kind of. I guess Mr. Rogers always seemed like it was a little like too wholesome in this way that didn't seem real. And then I guess the point of this is just like, yeah, like actually like childhood, it used to be terrifying. Like kids like childhood is a relatively recent part of like life like in <laughs> a modern world right in the last like two three hundred years like children worked in factories right right and right, right. like we created this kind of like we created teenagers we created kind of this artificial buffer yeah of childhood uh i mean i guess in like what the 1700s like kids just died all the time all the you time just, like, yeah everyone it, women died in childbirth All also like yeah it's a newer phenomenon in some ways i sure. guess so i'm not like I'm, I, but I'm glad that we have that buffer zone. But I guess it just seemed like if you, I guess, I guess it is, I guess I am revealing way too much about my own view of things right now. I, well, and yeah. also,
0: I mean, Mr. Rogers was very messagey. It was, it mm-hmm. was super messagey. Everything, there was a message in everything. And it's like, yes, I get it. Like by the fifth minute, i am be like, yes, be nice. I get it. The mailman, yeah. thank you for bringing the letter. You're awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mr. Policeman, put your feet in the water. That's groovy. But, like, after a while, I'm like, you know, I kind of want to see some spaceships. In a,
1: yeah. You know? Or, like, they compare it to Pee-wee's Playhouse, almost like, look at this right. corruption of of the format. There and, was like, Pee-wee's Playhouse...
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Pee Wee's Playhouse was awesome. But maybe you and I were just a little too old for the viewing at the time. I don't know. I feel like yeah. I was getting around the same age right. I
1: do remember well, the saying it that- ended in seventy-five, which I didn't realize because I felt like it, They were on constant reruns my whole childhood. Holy shit. And I shit. guess that's I didn't why they that were either. Yeah, that's why they had that production value that seemed I'm like, why does this seem like old production value? Because
0: it was like Basically done
1: by the time I was. It was in Desi know, was Studios. Yeah, yeah, it's.
0: It had. I, I just remember staying home from school, sick, and watching. Like it would be there. Like it would be like, please don't eat the daisies. Gun smoke. I love Lucy for six hours, and then Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. and after that, you're just you want some fun, some stimuli, and you want ah. some like craziness. You know, a daytime television has not gotten better, has it? Like daytime television oh. has always been
1: kind of the bottom of the. <laughs> when you, have- I like that like, Karen Kilgariff had a bit about winning at a daytime Emmy at some point, <laughs> which, is, which is like not winning an Emmy, right? <laughs> but she now, used when- to work for
0: Ellen, yeah. When you, when you search out soap operas for entertainment, there's a problem. Like there is nothing on other than game shows. It's horrible. It's horrible business. Yeah.
1: Yes. Being homesick
0: in the day was like the worst before on-demand streaming. Oh my God. Now I, kids these days, they don't understand, but it's true, man. Like there was times when I would have rather had gone to school, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. that's a lot more fun than staying home because there was nothing to do. And you know, my parents are always like, if you're bored, you're a boring person you know, mm-hmm. find something to do, which you know you don't want to hear that. Am I a cynic, Paco? I don't know if you're a cynic, George, or um, you know. Am I a
1: hater? Am I a hater?
0: You are wearing a black turtleneck right now, yes, and your round glasses, so clove cigarette. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like such a crank no. by saying any
1: without no. saying like I you know. Sure, it was actually a good film. Right. It, 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 yeah, Coco and Mr. Rogers, <laughs> that'll get you now. That like Anything
0: with Coco now is going to get gonna you. It's going to be heart, heartwarming, yeah. I mean, there were a couple moments when he asked people to think for a minute about who inspired them. You know, that was very – that was touching. I thought that was awesome right. because
1: – That was like Morgan Neville taking a page from the Mr. Rogers book. Yeah. And like I guess that is when everyone started tearing up. I did see people crying – You'll see people crying on those feelers all the time, but um, for no good reason. No, like like I legit saw people crying it, at the end of La La Land, and I was oh, like, "Kidding!" I'm like, "Okay, Jesus. this is where we are now. This is
0: this is maybe, what's happening. Maybe the maybe Fox News is right. I don't know. <laughs> maybe well, it created well, like, way too many yeah. snowflakes. I, it's it's like La La I,
1: at the same time, let's look at this whole argument of like, yes, there should be. Funding for uh, media that is not driven by money, right? Like, I don't really understand how the BBC works, but, like, it's paid for by tax dollars. Yeah. You pay a TV license fee. Yeah. And they do all (coughs) sorts of insane shit. And the BBC does, like, lots of crazy programming. Well... They'll do... I mean, Teletubbies came out of there. And, like, the Sherlock shows came out of there. And The Office.
0: Yeah. All sorts
1: of stuff gets... Funded when it's not dependent on this commercial right. system. Well, I, was and I think m- that's a part that didn't really get addressed either. When right. you think about, like, like, why do we need $20 million for, for public television? Because the competition is this. And, like, he never took that economic stance on anything. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm trying to do something slower and more boring. That's kind of like the the overall message. Like, don't you wish we had slower, more boring television? I'm (laughs) like, no, I wish we had like money going to the arts that is paid for with taxes. Right. Like the NEA and all these other things that like the the right doesn't want funded anymore. And if you look at like, I mean, I just hung out in Canada and this festival that made no financial sense at all. (laughs) <laughs> like, and like, there's no way ticket sales covered all of this.
0: This doesn't make sense. Somebody in the Canadian broadcasting community uh, gave some some cash. For that. How was that? Did you have a good time? It was fun. <clears throat> I had a great time. Uh, what was the yeah. festival called?
1: Sled Island. It's in Calgary. Calgary, apparently, all, all of Alberta, I have learned. I'd never been to Alberta. I'd never been outside of British Columbia. A lot of cattle. In Canada. Yeah, it's like basically people are like, this is the Texas of Canada. It's it oil. It's... uh cattle it's the tar sands apparently right and then i just learned about some crazy fight between british columbia and alberta that we have never heard about because (laughs) we're dealing with other insanity on a on a second to second basis right like everything is so insane for us right now um do do you think it's posited as like the this film came out because of trump or it's like we need this to be an antidote to trump
0: well, yeah, I think, I mean, I think there is, it was multi-layered. I think uh, from what you said that there's these bio, not biopics that are coming out and the fact that that, Trump is our president. This is a perfect time for this kind of documentary. I would imagine mm-hmm. we're going to get one on Gandhi. We'll get one on the Mother <laughs> Teresa. We'll get you know, like all there's the a lot of saints. controversy on Mother Teresa. Apparently, there yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apparently, she took some kickbacks. I don't know. Yeah, but like you'll, I mean, anytime, <clears throat> anytime the when the economy is doing bad or people are politically upset, you start seeing shows like um, Ask an Angel or um, mm. My Mother Touched Was God. Him, yeah. You you start seeing uh, programming like that. When the economy is doing well and people are feeling confident, you see, let's eat each other. Time to go to war. Survivor.
1: Oh, interesting. Oh, that's an interesting. Yeah. Like during Obama, you get walking dead. Right. During, uh, I guess, during Reagan, you get touched by an angel or highway to heaven. Exactly. Exactly.
0: That's exactly that's interesting. right. So programming follows the opposite of the political spirit and zeitgeist of the nation. And and, of course, the economy, too. When the economy is tanking, you get all kinds of like puff puff pieces. And it's right. so that's why this is coming out now. And you'll see more of these of all the good people. You know, you'll like see Handmaid's
1: puff. Tale is like kind of like too, not quite right. It's like it's too real. It's too real dial
0: it back. <laughs> right, right, but that started in the Obama administration. So. Right. Well they are yeah, when they started like the production on it. Yeah, it's Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, you know, that's like if you want to get a TV show made, right, write something about an angel right now. Like he was a mm-hmm. hitman, now he's an angel. He has oh, to make yeah. do. He has to he has to go back and say sorry to all the people he killed, you know. <laughs> Paco, why are you
1: giving this away on <laughs> on the podcast? This <laughs> is your ticket out of it- it's your ticket out of yeah, the for, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. St.
0: Saint, Saint Valentine on Fox. Um, yeah. So no, it mean, would be like, yeah, like HBO is Fred Rogers. By day,
1: he's a TV <laughs> right. host. By night, he's an assassin. It's oh dark my. Mr. Rogers, which is like what the Jim Carrey thing is going to be. I think of it's going to be dark Mr. Rogers.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. They're gonna,
1: is that going to be on HBO? That's Showtime, actually. Showtime. Nice. Yeah. And I think that's also interesting is to take, it's like, Oh, Gondry's a European. So that's right. his take on Mr. Rogers. Sure. And yeah. then the Tom Hanks take
0: on Mr. Rogers is going to be what we're used to. you know? Right. So that's yeah. hilarious. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, overall, I, I thought this documentary, it was well made. and uh, you got to it. see it. I you think ha- you have to you see, see it. it. Yeah. If yeah. you're of a certain age, you're really going to, it, you know, there's parts that are going to make you laugh. Like, they showed, like, the, you know, the guy would take pictures of his butt on set, you know, and yeah. like just some whimsical stuff. Oh,
1: we, are we leaving out a major plot point that I th- is Officer Clemens? I, that's also where I found that to be, like, really, like a kind of a weird two way, there was like multiple (laughs) ways to look at the officer Clemens stuff. Uh, So he was a closeted gay actor who was on the show, uh, African-American guy playing a cop. Right. uh, Another layer of irony. But there's sort of like this one scene that I was like, I don't know why we're encouraging. Like he, he basically tells him to stay in the closet and get married. Yes. In like, I guess the late sixties, early seventies. And he's just like, it didn't work. Guess it didn't work, guys. I wonder why. I wonder why my my straight marriage didn't work out. Right, right, right. But then they also try to be like, well, Fred really loved this guy. But he did force him to, like, stay in the closet and marry a a woman. So it's like, that's kind of like where I find another tension in this in 2018 of like, okay, what's the lesson there? I mean, I guess the ultimate lesson, like, Clemens is like happy that his career was made by the show absolutely and he also like was like yeah i had a great relationship with this man and we were like you know we really loved each other but you know i guess people make mistakes i guess Mm -hmm. that's what he's saying Mm -hmm. do you think that's what the message is like well yeah i mean i think it's i think it was too early it was too early for that to happen
0: well, I think part of what the documentary is showing is warts and all. I mean, they're, they're trying to show the multifaceted p- Fred Rogers. Like he wasn't just, you know, consistently just floating on a cloud and anointing people. He also had moments where he had to be convinced that having a gay actor on his show who is now out of the closet was the best thing to do, which he did. He comes around at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah, he does um, eventually. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, and, and it's when you have that that man. Um, I don't remember his real name, unfortunately. Pierre, I believe. I believe it's Pierre, but yeah. Okay. um, Something French sounding. Or Francois? Francois. Maybe oh, okay. If you find this out, tweet at us at Seinfeld yeah, Podcast. We're gonna um, have a whole fact-checked episode coming up. Yes, where so everything I, is fact-checked. He, you know, when he's looking straight at the camera and he's basically tearing up and saying like he finally accepted me, you know, yeah. and it meant a lot. And, I, and he had a sham marriage. Then you know, it's it's a it's a beautiful moment. Peaks and valleys. Mm. Um, yeah. And you kind of need that stuff. It, if it was all just peaks, it would be kind of a boring documentary. So you have to right. show that kind of stuff. But I thought that was touching. I thought that was nice. And and mm-hmm. obviously they he loved him. I mean, I'm talking about the actor loved Mister Rogers as mm-hmm. not as a persona, but as a person for that. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So and you know and I you know and there's always these you know other moments of him swimming. You know, like he liked to go swimming um, mm-hmm. and all the other things. And I thought for me. And they also talked to his wife, Fred Roger's wife. Um, Right, Joanne, yeah. Yeah, and that was really sweet to see. And I didn't realize that she had been part of the show as well. But I Mm -hmm. thought a a very poignant moment was the end. And you might push back on this. But when he says, am I a goat or a sheep, you know, on his deathbed, Mm -hmm. he he wants to know, like, did I live the right life? Did I do what I was supposed to do? And meaning, like, you know, goats are the greatest of all time. Are the greatest of all time and may have stepped on people's feet, and then there's sheep who are fluffy and lovely and get into heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I yeah. So I thought that pl- I thought that plot point was was apropos.
1: Right. I mean, I think it is like the, his humanness is there is a little vanity there, right? And sure. I think he he acknowledges it, and I think that part of it is his like maintaining his weight. And yeah. his like health nutness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh is a one three four kind of just like OCD, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, about like uh obsessively trying to maintain this weight that equals the number of letters in I love you or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um That's something.
1: Yeah. So I yeah, I'm not pushing back on that. I do think like that that scene Obviously it has to do with his own self doubt there's like mm-hmm. sort of a lot of doubt that he has about what he's doing. I think maybe because is a little bit of this thing of like if you're gonna try to be this you know content producer you you have ego right there mm-hmm. is an ego there, and I think he was trying to balance out that a little bit of like that maybe that and that and that's like such a thing of like someone who's so persnickety about details. It's like, look, everyone knows that you did all this great stuff, but in your mind, you're still like, did it? Was it enough?
0: Right, sure, of course. I mean, what artist doesn't isn't filled with self doubt? You know, and he's an mm-hmm. artist. I mean, Mister Rogers was an artist. So, like, what artist does not have self doubt and and feelings of of failure and also being a fraud? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Rogers was no different than that. And I wonder how much he did make off of this show, if anything, you know, from a PBS well, show that yeah. was non-profit and, you know, like today they would do cutaways of like uh, product placements of like Monsanto shit, you know, <laughs> like, right. It would be,
1: uh, it would be a podcast. Mr. Rogers would have a podcast. <laughs> it, would it would be, be is, really long silences.
0: <laughs> is this really the first podcast?
1: Silences. Maybe. Like, oh my God! Uh, we're gonna That's sing a song funny. together. That's uh, funny. Yeah,
0: this he, they did play games. I guess we <laughs> yeah. can't do cast this. Me undies.
1: If you if you wet your pants, you should try me undies. <laughs> me undies. Brought
0: to you by Blue Apron. Yeah, oh, it be my dinner. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, overall, <laughs> puppet like,
1: meat must be banned. <laughs> right.
0: No I puppet thought, meat. I, I thought it was fine. It'd be funny to hear Mark uh, Marin interview him.
1: You know? I, yeah. That, that would have been just like, so who are your guys? Yeah. Uh, JC, the big one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. What'd your man do?
1: What is his accent? By the way, that's not a Pittsburgh accent, right?
0: It's kind of Northern it's Pennsylvania.
1: Yeah. It's a Northern
0: Pennsylvania. Accent. It has yeah. a very, it has that nasally Nor- Pennsylvanian accent to it. Yeah, so, like, like Amish, Amish light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone I've met from Pittsburgh has a kind of a high pitched nasal voice. Huh. So you so kind of have, it's, it's up there in this register up here where you yeah. kind of hold your breath when you talk.
1: Well, I think we've kind of covered most everything on this except for the animation. Animation was great. <laughs> yeah. we Gotta got a note when there's animation in a documentary. That's always right. like the most expensive part of a documentary.
0: Right, right, right. That and um, music licensing. So, yeah. Um, You've been uh, watching any docs?
1: Uh, I'm really excited about the Three Identical Strangers, and hopefully I will have seen it by the time this is aired. And I'm going to try and do an episode on it, if we can get around to it, because that story is, you know that story,
0: right? I don't. I I saw that you posted that, but I I haven't looked into it.
1: Just watch the trailer. You'll be like, how did this happen? It's basically three identical triplets separated at birth. And then two of them discover each other at college because people keep calling them each other's names. There was a piece on it, I think, maybe in New Yorker or something a while ago. And then it gets into, I think, just like, how did a hospital end up doing this?
0: Right, 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 right. That's that's incredible. I just I watched The Staircase. Um,
1: Man, I'm uh, I'm like into it, but not at the same time. I'm like 13 hours Am I on this jury? What what is happening? You know.
0: Yeah, I, I loved it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's like a perfect documentary. There are obviously, you know, you can nitpick it and pull it apart, and there's things they should have done and shouldn't have done. But I remember watching it the the original series, um, and then they added three more episodes to it, which made it you know even longer. But uh, I think it's fascinating. I lo- I really like it a lot as far as like a true crime documentary. It's one of the best. I mean, there are a lot of twists
1: and turns, and that's, like, the thing that's keeping me hanging on. I'm in the middle of the court stuff right now. Right. I'm just like, oh, man, I can't. And it's just, like, so gruesome to, like, those photos just keep getting brought up, and it's just, like... I don't yeah. know. I, my stomach for this stuff. I'm like, I I don't want to spend 13 hours of my life on this, but I guess I have to
0: because everyone's <laughs> talking about it. And you do it, a documentary podcast.
1: I know. I'm starting <laughs> to wonder if that is a good idea.
0: <laughs> you're starting to you're too queasy for true three crime year, and too cynical years,
1: for yeah. Three years <clears throat> into this, I'm like, do I even like documentaries? This is a good
0: question. <laughs> that's a that's the the eternal question. Yeah. Um, for me, yes, I love them so much. There's so and then like it just doesn't stop. There's so many that are coming out that look that the the, uh, the three strangers looks incredible, though. Yeah, that's right up my alley. I love an RBG.
1: Like I got to say that was I there was a lot of stuff I didn't know about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I'm glad that came
0: out while she's alive. And I'm glad she's still alive. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Awesome. OK, buddy. Well, yeah. I think this does it. Uh, uh, you People, if you're listening and you love us, please donate to our Patreon page you can find us on patreon.com slash yeah. Podcast.
1: Give us a uh, review on iTunes. Give us a review on whatever format of a podcast you listen to. Like just those help a lot. It helps people find the show. And we just like to hear about it. You know, I thought of something. We should just be like, hey, uh, we, on, on iTunes, just tell us whether you like me more or Paco more. And then, I, then, then really want we'll to have know. a
0: popularity contest? Yeah, we'll just
1: have it on our iTunes <coughs> ratings page. That way we'll get more ratings and then we'll really see who's on top. <laughs> That's funny. It's like running
0: for <laughs> podcast president.
1: Look, I am a goat and you are a sheep.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're, both, we're both sheep. When it comes down to it, we're both lambs of God. Yeah, that is true. We both walk in the, in the eyes of God. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, donate to Patreon, subscribe, review, rate, listen to, tell people about SubDoc, the whole bit. If you love documentaries, you'll love SupDoc. Just a couple doc nerds, George. Yeah, we're coming up on 100 episodes. Mm. It's going to be, who That's knows inc- what's going to happen it's yeah. gonna come
1: sooner than we think. It's gonna come.
0: <clears throat> we got so. some requests out there for some big guests that would be awesome. I hope they get back to us. I would love to talk to Morgan Neville. Mm-hmm. How great would that be? I, I Morgan, if you listen to this episode,
1: I'm not. I do. I did enjoy the film.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're friends of Morgan, don't send them this. Just tell them that we'd like to talk to him. Um, yeah. We have. We got a lot of great things coming out soon. So uh, you know, listen to SubDoc wherever you get your i. Whenever you get your podcasts. All right. All right. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> we'll
1: have a guest next time.
0: Bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye bye.